What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 119. That's right, episode 119 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Thank you for rating. Thank you for reviewing. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't got those done already, go get it done. Share this podcast with a friend. Today's show, Max McCauley of the 7 Seconds or Less podcast joins in to discuss Phoenix Suns basketball and a very interesting tweet he had about Luka Doncic. A great conversation. Glad you guys will be able to listen in. Go subscribe to the 7 Seconds or Less podcast and follow Max on Twitter at MaxMCC11. That's M-A-X-M-C-C-1-1. You know you could follow me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Max of the Seven Seconds or Less podcast. Welcome to Combo's Court, man. How are you feeling today? Thank you, Combo. I'm feeling good. I'm just watching my sons uh, in a kind of a fun one against the Pelicans right now. So I'm having a good time. You're an attorney by trade. Uh, can I you am. tell me a little bit more about the practice before we get into basketball? Oh, I work in-house for an entertainment company, so I don't do any like the crazy trial stuff people see on TV. Did you, did you ever think about becoming an agent or that wasn't really your thing? You know, not really because I don't like to work that much. I've, I've heard they have to work like 24-7. They get calls from angry players at like 3. You probably know more than I do about this. They get calls from angry players yeah. at 3 a.m. and stuff. It says a lot to me. Yeah, the agent-player uh, relationship is an interesting one for sure. Yeah. But um, let's get into your podcast, The 7 Seconds or Less. So obviously, well, I'm guessing the name came from D'Antoni's system. You're right. But the crazy thing is, today, that system would actually be a slow system compared to the way the teams are playing now. Yeah, I believe that the Suns of that age would be the, the – they'd take the least threes and play at the slowest pace of anybody in the NBA right now. So Monty Williams took it to another level. He got the .5 second system. Can you tell me more about that one? Yeah, so everyone was kind of worried when we uh, hired Monty that he was going to be, you know, old 2014 New Orleans Monty. He was going right. to you know, pound the ball, be old school. Old school also, he's a, also, he's a big man, so – Exactly. You know, he thought he'd do the whole pound the rock in eight and stuff, which we haven't seen much of him yet. So maybe he will. But it's exactly the opposite. He's embraced modern basketball. It really seems like he just kind of wants to do what he thinks will work the best. And it's been great so far. I mean, you know, the Suns have hit some struggles lately because of mainly injuries. But uh, he could not be happier with Monty so far. He's been excellent. For sure. He's doing great. Um, we'll get back to the Suns, but I really wanted to talk about your Luca tweet. Sure. So. So I was the guy uh, back in that draft telling everybody this guy was going to be the best player in the draft. I got some backlash. You know, people were saying, no, that's in Europe. I'm like, I'm telling you, man. And I really, I was pretty, I was 100% sure this guy was going to be the, I mean, you're never 100%, but I was pretty close to it. And yep. uh, I always bring up my old Instagram posts and everything to tell everybody. Now the thing is they're telling me, you didn't know he was going to be this good. I'm like, how are you telling me what I knew? But anyway, <laughs> your tweet was Luka Doncic has a real chance to be the best player of all time. The only issue I have with it is the backlash is brewing, man. And you're just adding to it. The backlash is brewing. Whenever this kid hits a little bit of adversity, you know, the, the sharks are going to come out the water, but um, tell me why you feel that way. I will. Yeah. So first of all, let me say that I share your pain as being somebody who advocated for Luka Doncic as the best player in the draft, especially as a Suns fan on Suns Twitter. Uh, right. When U of A, you know, the Arizona connection, everyone wanted eight and it was a lot to be the Luka guy. 
Uh, it really hasn't been that fun to be right about it because everyone's just mad on some Twitter. So it's, right. it's tough. But uh, that tweet in particular, I, I just got done watching them, obviously, uh, that Dallas was in town, went down there, got some a decent seat to see him. And uh, I, I was just blown away by him. I've, I've seen a lot of him, you know, I've been fortunate to see a lot of great players in my time. I've seen, you know, Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, even Shaq, LeBron, you know, Giannis, all the Warriors guys. I've seen a, a lot of the best players in NBA history. A 20-year-old who, at his size, handled the ball the way he did, the way he saw the court, some of those cross-court passes he was making, and just the way he just completely dominated the game. I haven't seen a lot of players do that at any age, much less 20. It was mind-blowing. And just to defend that tweet a little bit, because I think a lot of people took it out of, you know, kind of read it incorrectly. I, I didn't say he's going to be the best player of all time. I just said, you know, given the trajectory he's on right now at 20 years old, there's a real chance he's going to get there. I mean, he's definitely the best 20-year-old player of all time, right? Yeah, I mean, the only one who has a chance that we could even compare would be Magic Johnson or LeBron. Yeah. And, you know, Magic Johnson had a great finals game, but he did have some struggles during the season that people don't really <laughs> talk about. Uh, yeah, and he, he's more polished than LeBron was. LeBron was obviously the better athlete, so I think you're right about him being the best 20-year-old ever. And on top of that, if his stats are hovering around 30, 10, and 10, and he keeps this up, like, where is his landing point? That's what I think. Yeah, about, you know? yeah I try to think of what his prime will be. Is it going to be like 40, 15, and 12? Like, what, right. what is he capable of? Yeah, I agree. Like, like seriously, like, it could be like 40, 15, to 15, unless the game drastically changes or they make some new rules. I mean, it's crazy. And the funny thing is, 30, 10, and 10, he makes it look easy. That's the yeah. And I want to ask you, as a fellow uh, Luca fan before the draft, I mean, we both thought he was going to be really good. I think no one knew he was going to be this good in his second year because it's, it's insane. What do you think about his game now is different from then? Because obviously the, the cross-court passing, the vision, all that stuff's the same. What do you think has been the, the thing that no one really saw coming that made him this good this early? Oh, I think it's a combination of a few things. One thing is everybody bought in, bought in and realized he's the best player on the team. Mm -hmm. You know, at first he had uh, DSJ there. You know, he had some – there was a little bit of backlash, but – and another thing is his athleticism improved. He has a different yep. – he has a burst when he gets to the rim now that he didn't have last year. His body has obviously changed up. He's worked on it. Uh, he had an Instagram post in the summer, and it, it wasn't just a post. He was actually working, and you could tell from his speed and his uh, – he got more pop to his game now. Yep. No, absolutely. I think also, man, he just seems strong out there, right? In the NBA spacing, he can get a shot up whenever he wants. And with right. his touch around the rim, it just it goes in more often than not. He's, he's special, man. I think all guys that get to the rim, the NBA is just – is really conducive to how mm -hmm. they play. Like, you see in college, man, it's just everything's jumbled up. Everything is, is crazy. That's why I thought Zion would, and RJ would be good in the league because I just thought they would have so much spacing. Yeah. Um, RJ is solid, and Zion we didn't really get to see play yet. And Cam is – Cam had finally had a good game yesterday, which I'm happy about, you know? Yeah, I felt bad for Cam. He had, he had a rough start to the season, and that was expected. I mean, he wasn't even that good in college. He's definitely a project, uh, project player. And, man, can we all just I – mean, can Zion please come back soon? I think the biggest bummer of the season so far, and I know the NBA ratings are mad about this. <laughs> That's a big reason right. they have New Orleans on all the time, and uh, he's not playing. So let's just hope he gets back soon. Get back soon, Zion. They, they gave you like 80 national TV games. Get back yeah. soon. So my thoughts – oh, and another thing on the Mavs, you know, KP doesn't even have his legs under him yet. So yeah. and I think part of the reason is obviously the injury. And he, he added a little bit of weight. So they could even hit another gear. I will say defensively, he's been pretty good. I mean, it's hard not to be good when you're that size. Right. Uh, but offensively, you're right. I mean, when I was at the game rooting for the Suns, my, my favorite play that Dallas ran with any play were uh, Porzingis shot. Right, right. And he fits the current NBA so well. He could get up yeah. and down the court, hit the three, and he's a lob threat. Let's um, transition to uh, 
Let's segue to Aiden, man. My sure. thoughts on it. I'm not the sunset coach, but if, if it was my way, um, I would bring them off the bench and ease them back in. You know, uh, they're playing well. I mean, I know they're a little under 500 now. That's how I would do it. What say you? I was on that side before the Baines injury because they were just they were on a roll. They were rolling right. with Baines the center. Uh, now that Baines has been out a lot, you know, maybe if Baines comes back sooner, they go another roll. I would do that. But at this point, it does. There's really no. Uh, there's nothing to continue because it's going so poorly. Uh, right. Frank Kaminsky. Uh, a news alert: Frank Kaminsky starting center does not work in the NBA. I will tell you that right now. Uh, so I would probably start him. I mean, I don't know. I, I, honestly, they should play whoever the better player is. I think that one of the biggest reasons the Suns have struggled over the past five years, they gift minutes to players. And that's not to say that, you know, starting Aiton's gifting minutes. But I do think the best player should play. And, you know, Aiton's going to play 30 anyway. So it, it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a little academic who they actually start. Did you ever subscribe to Devin Booker as being a bad stats? Um, sorry, a good stats, bad team guy? No, because I watched every game he played, and I okay. saw that he was just ultra talented. And I, you know, there was some uh, you had to put some faith in the fact that once he had a reason to play defense, he would at least try a little bit harder. I mean, right. you know, he has short T Rex arms. He's never going to be a great defender, but there's really no reason why he can't be a fine defender. He has size. He has, and his and a lot of people don't know this. In his combine, 2015 combine, he had the best lateral agility scores the whole place. So the dude's right. not a bad athlete. He can move around a little bit. I just thought, you know, as soon as he got to a point where his defense actually mattered for winning and losing games. He would start playing it. And that's borne out mostly this year. I mean, he's still not great, but he's at least trying. So the answer is no. I've always been a Booker defender, but uh, it's nice to see him actually prove it a little bit. Yeah, this offense, uh, Monty Williams' offense and Devin Booker's game is like a match made in heaven for sure. Yeah, it absolutely is. But large part because Booker's always been a willing passer, and it's, uh, it's really starting to shine through now. For sure, man. Uh, so I was watching these Kelly Oubre uh, IG videos this summer, <laughs> and like – you know, you always take these videos with a great assault. Uh, shout out to Chris Brickley and everything he does over there. But, man, he just looked like a man amongst boys out there. Like, he, he just – like, you know, you have NBA players and then you have players that are just undeniable, that are just different. And if you just watch these IG videos, that's what crossed through my head. Like, this guy's really different and he's showing it in, you know, in the regular season. It's funny that you mentioned that. I don't know if you've seen any of the first half of this Suns-Pelicans game yet. But Kelly Oubre has made a couple plays that are just, you know, uh, uppercase wow athleticism plays. Yeah. I think his athleticism is a little underrated. His, his decision-making is really his issue. His feel, especially defensively, he gets lost sometimes. But when the guy is – when he's locked in, when he actually, you know, when he knows what he's uh, supposed to be doing, he makes plays that few players in the NBA can, can make. He is an athlete. For sure. I wanted to shift to Giannis. Uh, as sure. I was saying earlier, I was really high on Luka. And I wasn't as high on Giannis as everybody else last year. But the funny thing is, is the guy got better. You know, the things I was, I was complaining about last year, like I felt like his feel for the game wasn't totally there. I felt like he could have became a better, he could be a better shooter. Mm-hmm. And not saying that he was bad. I just didn't know if he warranted the hype that everybody else was giving him. I, I mean, he's obviously a great player, but it's funny that he has less hype this season. And now he even improved on those things. Yeah, I think as he kind of got the breakout season last season, right? You know, the media moves on quickly from you. Now Luca's the uh, the star child, right? But uh, I love players who improve every single year. Young players, yes. that's my favorite thing. And Giannis has definitely been that so far. Uh, another reason why I like Booker, he gets better every single year. But yeah, Giannis. I mean, athletically, there's really nothing that can you know hold him back. The, you know, the sky is the ceiling, as they say. I've said before. So I say this sometimes. Maybe maybe my Luca tweet will be look. Uh, a little less, uh, I don't know, uh, boisterous now. But I've said before, Giannis also has a chance to be the best player ever. There's a lot of talent in the NBA right now. And, and saying a player has a chance to be this player is not saying they're definitely going to be. 
I think that Giannis and Luca are the players in the NBA right now who just bring this kind of package of, of skills and, and size that it's kind of unmatched NBA history. Like, who, who are your comps for Giannis and Luca? Could you even think of any? No, I mean, you know, Giannis finishes around the rim like a Shaq, but obviously yeah. Shaq didn't play in transition as much as Giannis, you know? He kind of like was just. Or pass. Guy. Yeah. I mean, Shaq was a great passer. Right. But he couldn't. Yeah. You're a good passer interior, but not like a run your offense kind of guy. Right. We don't know in today's NBA how he would adjust. True. So true. He, he did have great feel for Orlando the Orlando Shaq could move. <laughs> oh, yeah. He could move. I mean, look, if he worked at it, I think he would be able to guard multiple positions. You just didn't yeah. have to back then. How do you feel about when people say that Shaq wouldn't be able to play in this era? Because I don't subscribe to that. It's insane. I think they're thinking about Fat Shaq, <laughs> like the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, uh, Shaq and the Sun Shaq. I, I think these are all like you know like twenty year olds who didn't watch real Shaq. That's my only explanation. Because if you watched Orlando Shaq at all, it, you would know he could play in this NBA. For sure, him and Anthony would be great, great in today's. Oh NBA. yeah. You put you put some three and D you put some three and D guys around them. Forget about it. One of the biggest tragedies in NBA history is the fact that those two didn't get a chance to try to run at something for a, a dynasty because of Amperty's injuries. Yeah, that was sad. That was sad for sure. Um, man, he tried. You know what's funny? Every year he'd say, you know, I'm back. I feel like I'm back to normal. And he just was never really the same. I'm glad he's coaching now, though. Yeah, Memphis, uh, he's recruiting well, too. Yeah, I wonder if his career would have been better in this age now that, you know, better medical technology, all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean – you know, load management, uh, medicine, yep. modern medicine, modern trading, for sure. A lot of guys would have longer careers. I feel like Bernard King was like the only guy that, that came off a catastrophic injury <laughs> and, and was back to the same, you know? It was rare back then, man. They didn't – people smoked cigarettes at halftime back then. There was not the same level of uh, care for bodies back then. For sure, for sure. Um, I mean, you obviously watch the Suns a lot more than anybody else who – for the most part, who lives outside of Phoenix. What do you mm. feel they're missing to take their game to the next level, like to become a, a, a legitimate contender or even a playoff team? It's a second, like, off-the-dribble scorer guy. Like, honestly, and if you're a Suns fan, don't listen to the next five seconds. It's basically Luka Doncic. Like, they, oh, they need somebody else besides Devin Booker who can, like, break down a defense and how defenses need to pay attention to. Because there's just so much of Devin Booker being double teamed, especially with uh, Aiton and Baines out. There's no other like threats at all. Uh, they they just see and maybe Kelly Oubre can develop into that. I kind of doubt it just because of his decision making. Uh, I, I just don't think that generally improves to star level when it's where it is now with him. They yeah. they need somebody else like Devin Booker basically. That was my thing with Giannis too. Like you're right. I think some things are innate. Um, in terms of feel for the game and passing. But Giannis has improved as a passer, so maybe Kelly Oubre could improve in some of these areas that you think he might not be able to, you know? You can make incremental improvements, and Kelly's actually a lot better than he was last year. I just don't think you go from, like, a guy who can't do it very well to being a guy who's, like, a lead at it, you know? For sure, for sure. All right, the James Harden dog bad. You know, my takeaway from it was, <laughs> you know what caused the confusion? James and Murray's reaction to it. Like, yeah. they kept playing like James missed, you know? <laughs> My take on this is, like, it happened with seven minutes and 50 seconds left in the game, right? It was two points. It sucks. I get it. But, like, you can't, like, overturn a game or go back and replay a game of eight minutes left because of that. Like, it's really no different than a bad goaltending call but hits the, the uh, backboard first and they don't call it or whatever. Like, it's the same impact on the game. It's two points. I, you know, I know it's more egregious when we see a dunk actually go in. but man. I think people are freaking out a little bit too much. All right. Uh, my guy, Ben Taylor. I don't know if you watch Thinking Basketball videos. Yeah. But yeah, man. I've had him on the pod a few times, and he tweeted, if you had a magic wand, 
and you could change anything about the NBA, what would it be? I'd like to hear your take on it. Because, you know, a lot of people are complaining about the, pro- about the product, but not everybody has solutions. So what would you change about it? That is an insanely good question. Um, and I'm going to try to come up with an answer on the spot here. Okay. I think that the league would be better if there were fewer games. I know okay. it's never going to happen because, you know, there's money involved here. <laughs> the owners don't want to give up their, their home games. But right. if there were, you know, let's say 50 games, it all just matter a lot more. There would be no load management. Uh, all the national TV games would be more important. I just think, you know, it wouldn't be like the NFL quite because 60 games would be more important, but it would feel a little bit more like every single night matters. I mean, to your point, I don't know about less games, but I think they definitely have to make some of these games more meaningful. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's a play-in. I don't know. The midseason tournament, you would have to give it some playoff implications. I like the idea, but I don't think anybody has totally figured it out yet. Yeah, I think the midseason tournament, you got to make it like worth bonus wins, sort of, so that it matters in the ultimate playoff seeding. I don't think players are going to care unless there's just an insane amount of money involved or it's just way more important than normal regular season games. It's the only way I can really think it make it matter. Yeah, and with the top guys, I mean, money might not even really motivate no. them, you know? <laughs> Kawhi is still sitting out. Yeah. Oh, no matter what. No matter what. All right. So I'll give you the magic wand again. What would you like to see change about your Phoenix Suns? Ooh, so we can't go back in time, right? <laughs> well, not, I mean, come on. We know, we know Doncic. We know you wanted Doncic. We got to think about something else, Max. Come on. <laughs> and the other obvious uh, answer is the ownership situation. That's all I'll say. Okay. Um, but, you know, if I'm just going to uh, – oh, man, this is a tough one. I guess add that player that I've mentioned about earlier. Drew Holiday would be really good. Drew Holiday is always somebody that Suns fans covet because we don't have anybody like that ever. He's like a bulldog. Yeah, wow, what, a, what an underrated player. Oh, he's so good, man. Him and Booker, is there a better fit in that? That would be, that would be a great fit, for sure. Yeah. Who do you like better, him or Lou Williams? Oh, Drew. Drew. I okay. love Lou Williams. And on, the, on certain teams, Lou Williams is probably more important. Like the Clippers, I think I'd rather have Lou. Uh, but Drew Holiday on most teams, I, I prefer. He does more things. Yeah, and he's a better defender. Way better defender. Lou Williams is awesome. Not a good defender. <laughs> Hall of Famer? Lou? Yep. Mm. If they win this year. Well, uh, is it the Basketball Hall of Fame we're talking about or my personal Hall of Fame? Okay, I- I'm guessing he's in your personal Hall of Fame. I know. Other way around. The Basketball Hall of Fame lets in everybody. <laughs> Wait, no, so, so give me somebody that, sh- that was let in that, sh- that shouldn't be. I hey, well, it's, it's what it is. It's international. They let in a lot in college. Well, it is the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not the NBA know, Hall of Fame. I know, and that's what's different from the sport. Like Grant Hill, love Grant Hill, Suns player, would not be in an NBA Hall of Fame. Just because of his injury, you know, he would have been if he would have played the whole time. And his, his, right. I, th- I mean, everything's up. involved, like commentating, coaching, international play, international coaching. Should we put Luke in already? He won a EuroLeague championship. All right. All right. All right. Let's get, let's get off Luca. All right. So who do you have winning it this year? I have, uh, before we get out of here, who do you have winning it? I have Philly versus the Lakers. Uh, how do you think mm. about that? Interesting. I mean, I think that's, yeah, there's four teams, right? It's those two teams and the Bucks and the Clippers. I think right. the four teams you pick between. I think that the Clippers are the prohibitive favorite. I think they're they're not quite a Golden State favorite by any means, but if they stay healthy, I would be surprised if they don't win. That's how good I think they are. Uh, the Lakers, I would have second in the conference, and then I think I, right now, I think I'm with you on Philly. The Bucks have played better, but I think Philly, if they figure it out, their upside's the highest. That defense, man, ridiculous. Yeah, something tells you, yo, Ben Simmons' defense is ridiculous. Like it's so people, good, so good, and. 
This guy is underrated, man. I always like this game like more than what the consensus was 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 talking about. Can I ask you one quick question before we're out of here? Oh yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. I ask Philly fans this all the time, and they and they're like heads malfunction. Would you trade Ben Simmons for Devin Booker? I, because I kind of feel like Devin Booker is a better fit on that team. You know what? I've to your point. I've always said that like if Ben Simmons had a Giannis situation, like you put a bunch of shooters around him, yeah. he would be great. But no, man, I would I would keep Ben. I just think at this point, man, it is close though. It is close. But I would keep Ben, and I think they I think they have a shot this year. I think they have a shot with Ben. How do you they, feel? The best thing about their situation, I think, is that they match up very well with Milwaukee, in my opinion, because they're going to just put up a wall against Giannis, and I'd like to see how Giannis is going to challenge them. Yeah, uh, the, the wall thing's gonna it's going to work again in the playoffs. I'm sorry to say it, uh, Bucks fans, that wall is going to work again. There is something still in Giannis's game that. He doesn't really totally read it at, at the, the game at an elite level. Like, yep. you know, like a LeBron, like a, like a Doncic. And their team isn't good enough to overcome that, I think. Nope. And the question is really going to be, can Philly figure the offense out, right? Because right now their offense is pretty bad. I think I, I was listening to some podcast the other night. I can't remember which one it was. But they pointed out that uh, Philly right now in fourth quarter efficiency on offense is the worst team in the league. What's the re- – is it because they lost Jimmy, you feel? Or they lost J.J.? I just don't think they figured it out. And well, Embiid, I think a lot of it's Embiid right now. I love Embiid. Embiid's so talented, but I think he he takes some bad shots sometimes. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. And watching them when they were – I went to the game when they were here in Phoenix, and Ben Simmons, uh, I agree with you, a defensive star, awesome in transition, maybe one of the best transition players in the league. And, but, and one of the better passers. Great passer. But in the yeah. half court, when things slow down, especially the playoffs – like, you can just not guard him, and it makes things clog up real quick. You went, you went Jared Dudley on me, I see. All right, all right. <laughs> I mean, listen, he overstated it, but it is a problem. Okay, okay. I hope he overcomes it because I'm a big believer in his game. Um, Max, where can we find you? Tell us a little bit more about the podcast before you get out of here and just let us know where we can find you. Sure. It's the 7 Seconds or Less podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, all the other stuff. Uh, you can search us up if you like the Suns. Probably don't listen if you don't like the Suns, a Suns podcast. Uh, and I'm on don't Twitter. tell them that. Listen, no matter what, don't tell them that. They might like it. <laughs> I'm at MaxMCC11 on Twitter. I tweet about the Suns, but also about Luka Doncic, apparently. Go ahead. Keep, keep tweeting about Luka. Just know the backlash is going to be real, Max. I'm telling you. They're coming for us. Oh, I know. I, I felt the combo. I felt it. Any little bit of adversity? He had like a, a – he played, he played good, but against the Clippers, they started coming out a little bit. He had one like semi-bad game and the Wolves were out, man. <laughs> he still dropped 20 points in an NBA game as a 20-year-old. Like. He's a really good player. Everyone <laughs> should just accept it. <laughs> exactly. Max, talk soon. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate you. Hey, thanks, man. It was fun. Anytime. There it is. Episode 119 of Combo's Court is in the books. Thank you for listening to this episode in its entirety. And big shouts to Max for joining in. We appreciate you. Check out the Combo's Court Patreon page. I'll put a link in the description for that. It would mean the world to me if you left a friendly comment and a five-star rating right on your Apple Podcast app. Be on the lookout for episode 120 of Combo's Court. Combo out.